The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a terrific Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, live from the Star in Frisco in the SWBC studios. Welcome in, everybody, for another off-season episode. Alongside Patrick Nosey Walker, Isaiah Stamback, I'm Hello. Kyle Yeomans. We've got Chris Beam in the back. Gentlemen, how we doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. Go. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Have, uh, How have you, Mr. UNT, we all we got? We all we got. <laughs> got to ride with it. We Go mean green. That's right. Um, anybody call their shot this week? Regarding? Call their shot? Regarding Brian? Call, uh, I, I, I mean, talking you, about the offensive coordinator. That. I knew where you were going with that. Yeah. Hey, you know what? No, go ahead. I'm what? No, Kyle, How are we going to bring it up? We Kyle's never, over here we dropping never said bars. who won. Oh, the pickums. The pickums, yeah. Because it wasn't you. I don't <laughs> know. That's probably why was. we didn't say because yeah. I was the winner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got to go back. I think I've got to look at the, the, fans. the divisional round. It was the fans. Because and the fans then are awesome. We got to pick the more the awesomer than you. <laughs> Facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> I thought that's what you, I thought you were going to bring up something like about new offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer. I thought you were going to bring Is up something new? specific. He. Is new to the Cowboys mostly. Kind of. No. I mean, he's not been here for a super long time or anything. He's been here for a year. That, so in a ask. minor role, right? It, it wasn't for only a year, and in a minor role as as an analyst. Did, as would you call analyst. Ben McAdoo in twenty twenty one a major role? McAdoo was that was the, or a long term guy paid under the table. <laughs> that's what. So the, that's what this was. Right. If you wanted to really put it and, that way, and he it's he the exact fairly, position. One year in. One year in. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So the Cowboys hire Brian Schottenheimer, named the new offensive coordinator. Not a surprise at all. I, I think really we had talked about him on this show mm-hmm. immediately whenever the Kellen Moore news came out. We, uh, uh, as Cowboys Twitter, Cowboys Twitter was on this thing immediately. Yep. He was a candidate as soon as the position had opened up because of his connection with the Cowboys, because of his connection more specifically with Mike McCarthy. And then also just what he's done with veteran quarterbacks in the past. So it was always a conversation about Brian Schottenheimer, but how do you feel about the hire? And is it – my question is, is it a significant hire? Because with Mike McCarthy calling the plays, this isn't like going and hiring a a brand-new mindset for your offense – it's basically going to be whoever's – he's the number two in, in mind now. As it stands, I'm, I'm mostly indifferent to it at the moment because Schottenheimer is not going to be the play caller. It is going to be McCarthy. So, uh, as far as the title of offensive coordinator, Schottenheimer is a figurehead um, in that role. Uh, as far as titles go. Now, as far as helping Mike McCarthy coordinate the offense on a weekly basis, we mentioned this uh, last week, you know, because although Mike McCarthy will be calling the plays, he's not going to be solely co- coordinating. It's going to be a collaborative effort. And for that, you got to coordinate. You got to coordinate. For that, I'm I'm leaning towards the positive. I'm not wildly optimistic, nor am I wildly pessimistic about it. Because, again, if this was a situation where – you know, Kellen Moore got moved out and Schottenheimer was being brought up to the OC role to call plays, then I might feel a little bit differently about it. I don't know how I would feel. I would have to be in that situation to know, but it, that's not the situation. So it's still, excuse me, it's Mike McCarthy calling plays per owner and general manager Jerry Jones specifically. He said it from the Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile last week. Um, and then from there, it's, it's what can the mind of – Schottenheimer and McCarthy collectively put together on a on an offensive basis, but on a weekly basis. But one thing that's interesting, and Isaiah's going to love this, I did some digging, get some science on Shotty as far as uh, his his recent stints at OC. Uh, he's a, he's a big play action guy. Yep, he's a big play action guy. His time out in Seattle, uh, his offense ranked 
I think eighth in overall in play action percentage. It was almost twenty nine percent between twenty eight twenty nine percent of his offensive plays are play action. So that's going to work well for a guy like Dak Prescott, who I think we can all admit thrives in a play action scenario. So you know, again, McCarthy's calling the plays, but with a collaborative effort with Schottenheimer, who in helping Mark McCarthy coordinate, loves to run him some play action. So based on the quarterback you have, I think that works. Well, how does that make you feel? Yeah, I mean, I'm sounds fam- like a therapy I'm, session. I'm familiar with him because of his time in <laughs> Seattle, right? You guys, everybody no knows fan. I'm a Seattle guy, <laughs> born and raised in Seattle. So I've watched my fair share of Seahawks mm-hmm. and and dangerous Russ when he was dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, Shoddy was there, <clears throat> and it's awesome to know that he has that in his in his in his hip pocket mm-hmm. that he's capable of that. But I'm I'm not. Overly excited about this. That's how I feel. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy you know, for him that he has an opportunity yeah. to be offensive coordinator again. I think that's awesome. Anybody who gets another chance, that's dope. But in terms of the impact, I can't, I can't foresee at this point a major impact by him because again, he was in the building. That's where I am with it. So I know people are going to say, well, he was in a very condensed role. You know, he was a uh, – what did they – they called him a consultant. Yeah, coach uh, analyst. Yeah, he was a, yeah, so nobody knows. We don't know. We can speculate all day long how much impact he had this mm-hmm. year. We, we don't know. Right. But knowing that he was in the building, if he was in a position to have any kind of impact, we didn't see – we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know where the, the impact would have right, been at, right, and right. so there's a lot of speculation. But I, I'm not getting excited for the reason that he was already in the building. Now, the fact that they're elevating him, right? They they agreed to mutually part ways with Kellen Moore, <laughs> and the fact that he was in the building and they felt confident enough to elevate him from within. Obviously, that goes to the history what Dallas likes to do as an organization. But the fact that he must have done something or had some kind of input that was valuable enough where they said it was significant enough to bring him up to the office of coordinator position. Right. Yeah. Even understanding that McCarthy most likely is going to be the one primarily making those calls, they feel like he's going to bring some value. Otherwise, I feel as I hope as if they would have went outside the building and pulled somebody else in. So that's my take on it. Not excited, but I'm going to respect their wisdom inside the building, and I'm hoping that he has a greater impact on Dak than what we saw this past year. And that's what I mean when I say I'm not excited, but I'm not, you know, the sky is not falling either. Yeah. Uh, and and when you look at Cowboys Nation um, as a whole, the ma- large majority are basically on the, on the ladder boat, mm-hmm. you know, where they're like, oh, the sky is falling. Well, again, McCarthy's the one calling plays, and McCarthy won a Super Bowl yeah. calling plays. So being that that's the fact, I'm – Okay, so when it comes to whomever the OC was going to be, and we talked about it before the OC was named, uh, whomever that might be, they weren't going to come in calling plays. They were going to come in and, and try to help McCarthy craft on a weekly basis what the what the offense was going to look like. And that's what Schottenheimer is going to do. So because that role is not full-blown offensive coordinator as far as yeah. you know what a traditional OC would do, I don't, I don't see why I would invest so much emotional energy into either being – super upset about it or being super hyped about it. It's I, it just is what it is. Mike's gonna call the plays, you know, and hopefully Schottenheimer can help him mold it um on a weekly basis in a in a great way. Do you have to assign somebody the title of offensive coordinator on your no, staff? No. You, you do not. So why? I think there's a, an add an element to that. And I was about to kind of throw this into the fold anyways. I don't think he's bringing just this unworldly knowledge to your offense. Kind of like what we talked about last week. If you wanted to go get another West Coast guy for your offensive coordinator, go get somebody who's been under the tutelage of Sean McVay or somebody who's been underneath Kyle Shanahan. Schottenheimer's done a ton of things. My biggest question mark Mm -hmm. for Brian Schottenheimer is how do you get Dak Prescott back to being Dak Prescott? That's your biggest role. And he's a quarterback guy. He's been a quarterback guy for a long time. Look at some of the names that he's gone up against. Trevor Lawrence, not gone up against. These are guys that he's worked with, rather. Trevor Lawrence, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Sam Bradford, Chad Pennington, Brett Favre, Rich Gannon, just to name a couple. Mm. 
That's a good list. Yeah, it's not strong, the best list you've strong. ever seen, but it's, it's a strong. strong list of quarterbacks. And that's most of his starters. Now, there's been some other guys kind of sprinkled in there that haven't worked out. But that's going to happen whenever you're in the NFL for, for long enough. 25 years. Right. With Brian Schottenheimer, I think he has an offensive coordinator title and an offensive coordinator role because he, he his main job is to elevate this quarterback that's already been here. And you wanted to go and get somebody who was – used to working with veteran quarterbacks who are either having some struggles or on the middle part of their career or whatever it may be. However, he might be a good fit for Dak Prescott, and that might be why he's the one with the title. Yeah, and that's I just, I just don't understand. If you don't have to give somebody a title and he's not truly the offensive coordinator, just make him a quarterback coach. I, I think that's because, because, you model, still, I think right, it's because you still actually need a quarterback's coach. So I think if, if, the, if the thought process on – promoting Schottenheimer is because you're saying, well, I think he'd do better in a role of helping Mike coordinate the offense than keeping him in the lane of simply quarterbacks coach, Mm -hmm. which means I'm going to have to still hire a new quarterbacks coach. Then you don't want to create a redundancy there. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would prefer those be two separate roles entirely. I don't want my offensive coordinator being my position coach at quarterback. I want a guy in quarterbacks coach that is specifically tied and glued to Dak Prescott on a a daily basis, as opposed to having to constantly step away because you got to meet with the head coach to coordinate the offense. But that's why I'm back during what you're saying. Yeah. If we know that he's not the O.C., He's not going to have OC duties, and he's primarily being elevated because of the impact he could potentially have on Dak. Then yeah. make him the quarterback coach. Well, I think he'll still I have offensive coordinator still, still, duties. He's still going to be coordinating. Coordinate. Or he's just not calling plays. Right, he's just not calling the plays. So yes. the real time, real time adaptations in game. You know, down to down, quarter to quarter, half to half. That's going to be Mike with you know the assistance of Schottenheimer. What are you seeing, Brian? What are you seeing? And of course, building out the game it's plan like on a passing game basis. Coordinator. Right, and he was a passing game yeah. coordinator before. So, uh, I, I mean. I, again, I don't. It's titles, but I mean, I, I'm not entirely on either side of it because again, McCarthy is the one calling the plays, and, and I will say there is something interesting, uh, and I'll say this also for those that are who were reaming Kellen Moore, and we defended Kellen Moore against this reaming Kellen Moore. Oh, we need the Cowboys need a more experienced offensive coordinator. Kellen Moore is not learning fast enough. He <laughs> needs more experience. Well, you got here. He is. You got yourself an, uh, an experienced offensive coordinator. But what's also interesting, if you go back to his OC days, Brian's OC days in Seattle, uh, granted it was prime Russell Wilson, but those three seasons, the, the Seahawks were top 10 in offense and points per uh, points per game. And so now you have that kind of a, a mind Random coming ball. over. They did. <laughs> they did. And they, they were and, they and, were sixth in points per game in 2018. Mm-hmm. They were ninth in 2019. They went back to eighth in 2020, and, and then 21 was his final season. He was in 16. Right. So things kind of fell off in, in I think that was the year Russ got hurt, though. It was. It yeah. was. So he's coming to – well, not coming to, but he's being promoted within a Cowboys system that – stop me if you heard this before, ladies and gentlemen – likes to run the ball, likes to establish the run, and then – Used to. Yeah, I was about to say, who are we running it with right now? Mm, I mean, TB, TBD. Yeah, TBD. You're exactly <laughs> TBD. right. But I don't. I will say this. I don't think that that matters greatly on what the game plan is going to be in 2023. Uh, it, be it Zeke and or Tony Pollard, or it's Tony Pollard and Malik Davis, or it's Ezekiel Elliott and Malik Davis. I mean, either one of that that either of those scenarios, you have enough talent to combo package. And and still lean heavily on the run to set up the play action because as I stated at the top of the show, Schottenheimer he's one of the OCs that loves to go off of the play action. Well, you can't go off the play action if you don't establish the run. No. So he does love to lean heavily on the run as well. And now he's married with the Mike McCarthy, who wants to consistently run the ball, gets get his running backs thirty touches. Uh, a game, so you're going to see that, and I don't think the personnel really matters. That I think the Cowboys are going to be committed to that to help set, set Dak Prescott up to win. And keep in mind, you're uh, you're coming with a new new offensive line coach as well. He has to get mm-hmm. that offensive line in order and gelling and rolling how he wants. So while that's happening, you're going to have to buy Dak Prescott some time until things settle up on your front five. And the other best way to do that is play action. It I, sounds like it's turning into a running team again. It's kind of headed oh, that way, huh? 
Yeah, the off, I mean, you think about full the offensive line coach. He was here. He's a running guy. It's full speed. He was a Landry I'm guy. You, Landry guy. What did I'm they do back then? Right it's, it's going to be full speed ahead on leaning on the run, and then when they pass, it's going to be play action out of a West Coast. Like, let's get the ball out quickly, and let's let's task guys like CeeDee Lamb who can. Let's task guys like Michael Gallup getting back to health. Let's make sure that we have playmaking personnel okay. like a Jake Ferguson or a Peyton Hendershot who can take the ball, receive it five to six yards out, and then get you another seven or eight. So if you're looking at the Kyle Shanahan type offense, the Sean McVay offense, it's all about playmakers on offense. It's yep. about getting the ball out quickly, use motions to disguise pre-snap, mm-hmm. and then once the ball is out, it's I need you to get me another 10 yards yeah, after absolutely. this five-yard reception. So the only my main question going forward is what does the personnel look like? I, I was about to ask Kyle a question, Mr. Mm-hmm. Draft Guy. Yeah. Uh, how many draft picks does does Dallas have this year? Probably ten. Ten. Yeah, okay. they've got seven right now. They Thank have you. they have one pick That's in thinking. every single round. So okay. they have all of their draft capital. They have not traded a single thing Sweet. away, and they should get three That's comp picks. Okay, so let's let's assume. Let's assume that Tony Pollard gets tagged. Let's assume. That's a good assumption. Yeah, it's a yeah. pretty, relatively good assumption. We put that out there. Let's franchise tag Tony Pollard. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and you find a way to cut Zeke down. You know, financially. Mm-hmm. So pay cuts. And retain Zeke. him. Um, and you still have Malik Davis, right? He's under contract. Right, yeah. Do you draft a uh, running back? No. Nope. Okay. Not even close. Okay. Uh, 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 let me re- let me rephrase that. No. No, you're quick on that one, Kyle. Not in the first round. No, there are, I'm not saying that. Well, that's the thing. There are people right now that are on the B. John Robinson train. I really like B. John Robinson. He's the running back out of Texas. Hell of a player. Mm. Top notch running back. I don't know. Great, play, great play, player. Should have played against husband. Washington. He was shared. Yeah. yeah, he was, he was been a husband getting ready finalist. to get in the building. Yeah. Should have been a husband finalist. He but, was really, 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 really good. Here's the thing one, I don't think he's going to fit to 26. I think somebody's going to snag him before then. Somebody who doesn't have as many needs across the board, and they're just going to grab him because he's that big of a weapon. Two, if he does make it there, he might be the only guy I'm okay with taking and they, the only way I'd be okay taking him is if Tony Pollard's not in the fold. That's my that's my only way I'm taking Bijan Robinson at 20, 26 is if B, is if t- Tony Pollard is not on the Cowboys at that point. Like he goes well, somewhere he, else even, in free agency and whatever. And that's fair, but even then you have to look at your other positions of need and see where they stand. Completely agree. Were, were you able to retain LVE for a second uh, Maybe. straight season? Go get a linebacker. <laughs> Off-ball linebacker in, in the first round. Okay. I don't really love that either. How about that out? <laughs> okay, he wasn't an off-ball linebacker, yeah, though. Fair. He's a pass rusher. Fair. But, but I, it, it's safe to say that, I mean, the last two linebackers that the Cowboys used a first-round pick on, yeah, kind of worked out. It worked out. It worked out. But no. I, I think – there's a, a contingency of fans that are standing on the table for Bijan Robinson. I'm not standing on the table. I would be into the idea, depending on the situation. Outside of that, day three. I'll draft a running back day three. Give me yeah. a. I'll take a flyer yeah. on a guy late. There are a good good amount of running backs that are going to be decent out of this draft. But you you can't just take a premium pick and select. No, one. you can't. Especially and, and, if you have all three of those guys back. And we were coming off a season where there were a ton of question marks at CB two, opposite uh, Trevon Diggs, and you mm-hmm. see what Deron Bland can do in the slot, you know, the nickel, and he can pop out every once in a while. But uh, you know, presumably Anthony Brown is going to be healthy, but it's it's a contract situation for Anthony Brown as well. So you have to, again, all of this has to be spoken about contextually because it's not. As easy as saying, oh, well, if you don't have Tony Pollard, go get Bijan Robinson. If you don't have Ezekiel Elliott anymore, go get Bijan Robinson. You have other positions of need that yes, are pressing as well. And you don't, as we have this conversation, you don't know how free agency is going to shape out. You would love to believe that Leighton Van Der Esch is going to stay put. I would love to believe it, but we've seen stranger things happen. And if there's bigger money out there, and we don't know where George Edwards is going to land, but Wherever George Edwards lands, now you have the dynamic of a relationship there. Does George Edwards, wherever he lands, can he help woo LVE into whatever team is on his landing spot? So all of that is to be determined. So as we have the conversation in the second week of February. Things are going to change. Things are going to change wildly between now and in the final weekend in April. Yeah. And also, not to mention, you've got so many different potentials in terms of this draft at 26 because – if you're filling out a draft board, you're going to have about 20 to 24 first-round grades, mm-hmm. but you're picking 26th. So maybe one of those first-rounders that you, you have graded as a first-round drop, but chances are you're probably going to be picking a second-round player at 26. Then you could develop back. 
I mean, you could develop at running back as well. That's you, why I'm fine on using the flyer. I need to go call my buddy Jeff Cavanaugh. We call him tra- Captain Trade oh, Down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Seattle. Oh, mm-hmm. Seattle does. Yeah, trade, Seattle trade on down. Up. That's that's what what John I'd be that's cool with that. That's his cooking. I'd be cool with that. I'm always more draft picks. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Especially if you don't have to give up a whole lot of draft capital, you can no, move you down a little bit. Give me some more I'm darts. Not, I'm not on the running back in the first. And it, B. John's he, the exception. Even to, I don't. Depends, He's the on, depends on the scenario. Because even, even to your point, as far as using a flyer on a guy, Malik Davis. We we all love Malik Davis. He was undrafted. That's the thing, though, is if Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard aren't there and then B. John Robinson's not there, I'm not taking a running back. Even yeah, in that yeah. worst-case scenario, I'm not taking a running my, back. My point is, is that the Cowboys do well perennially in developing running backs. If they, don't, if yeah. they do nothing well, they know how to develop some They're running backs. They, they would be drafting a cornerback. Right. First round? Yes. Is that your, 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 your guess? Absolutely. Is that your say it First with your round chest corner? on Tuesday? Say it with my chest. Say it with your chest yes. on Tuesday. On, on so, February 7th, let it be no. <laughs> <laughs> They're drafting a cornerback. Drafting mm. a corner in the first round. Yes. Okay. There's some pretty damn good corners. All right. We're going to talk more about draft corners when we come. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we come back, where could this hire elevate the wide receivers? Where do we go with the wide receiver room? We've talked a lot about running backs. We've talked a lot about the quarterback position, but have these wideouts shown us enough? And where could you get more out of the passing game when we come back with more Talking Cowboys? When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys here on this Talking Tuesdays. We look into the offseason moves of the Dallas Cowboys and how it could affect this team moving forward. We just talked about Brian Schottenheimer, named offensive coordinator this past weekend. Not a surprising news burst or breaking news this past weekend however it is one that could impact this Cowboys offense moving forward I want to know where we stand with the wide receivers Isaiah I know overall I guess the the temperature outside of CD Lamb was far disappointment on most of the wide receivers I mean look at your third round pick Jalen Tolbert disappointment Michael Gallup coming back from injury Took an entire year and still never really had anything. It just wasn't a good year for pass catchers outside of C.D. Lamb. (laughs) C.D. Lamb elevated your your offense enough to where you can make it happen. But where do you go from here with the wide receiver room? I don't see Dallas making a ton of moves here, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think they signed one guy back. You have to look at T.Y. Hilton. 
and see if he no, wants to yes, come back. Please. Yes, please. I mean, I I would like for him to come back personally, but I don't know. Would you like for him to come back for an entire season? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think he was in shape. Mm-hmm. I think he was in position to make an immediate impact. He did make an immediate mm-hmm. impact. I'm talking about, you know, a third and 30. Uh, I think that he was open in the playoff game. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Uh, so I think he was prepared and ready to go. So I think he's a valuable asset to have on your on your offense. I obviously you have CD. Obviously you have MG that's going to come back off of his his surgery. Um, so you got three three headed monster right there. If you t- decide to retain Ty, and then you have. Tolbert, which they're going to give another opportunity to, mm-hmm. just because of draft equity alone. Correct. He's going to get another shot to come back and be healthy. Um, and if he wasn't a third round pick, would he already been cut? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If he was a fourth round pick, he would have been cut. Mm. Um, so Tolbert is going to have a chance to make an impact. You have Simi Fajoko, who was on IR. Yeah. All year, he's mm-hmm. he's going to be into his third year mm-hmm. now. This is going to be his last shot. His last shot. Pivotal. He should be close to getting healthy already. So yeah, I, I foresee him being healthy. I think him and Tolbert are really going to be battling it out for a roster spot. Mm. That's just my early early training camp storyline from Isaiah yeah. Stanback. I mean, I think that's the situation. I think that they're going to most likely grab another receiver. Yeah, I think they I think they will draft a receiver, um, or pick one up in free agency. Either way, they're going to add another guy. To this roster, and then uh, Noah Brown was his was his contract situation. Oh, he's a free agent. Yeah, yeah. Noah might be gone. Might. So, I don't know. I don't know. It depends how much money there is to throw around. But let's assume that Noah comes back somehow. Mm-hmm. You have CD, MG, um, Ty, hopefully, and Noah Brown. That's your that's your first four, and then you got three more spots that guys are going to be vying for. For me, it, it's it's. It's going to the success of the wide receiver core. Obviously, it's going to be predicated upon Dak Prescott um, and that wide receiver core getting on the same page because we talked about it. Forty percent or so of his interceptions were accountable or attributable to the wide receiver core not doing, not running the route that Dak thought they would route. The chemistry just wasn't there. Um, <clears throat> but also, in obviously, what can Brian Schottenheimer and Mike McCarthy concoct together on a weekly basis? But it goes. Also, ultimately goes back to what I was saying earlier. When speaking of what McCarthy and what the McCarthy Schottenheimer offense might look like, personnel, personnel, personnel. West Coast is is personnel based. We need playmakers that can take the ball, receive the ball six yards out, and turn that into a, a twenty-five yard play, ten-yard yeah. play, fourteen-yard play. I mean, yak, yak, yak. That's what the Forty ers do. I forgot Turpin. Turpin's going to be. I'd, I'd I'd have to see that before I believe it. Like I'd have to see them committing to Turpin as a wide receiver. Well, I'm saying before. he's taking up a, a wide receiver roster spot. Well, uh, true enough. Math is the math. And and the contract's there because he's three, here three for a couple years. years. Yeah. What I, what I would do is they've already and this isn't breaking news either. They're going to revisit the OBJ situation, the Odell mm-hmm. situation. They're going to talk with him again. Um, and Odell is starting to release some some workout vids of him running some routes here and there. But for my money, if if it was a conversation of OBJ versus T.Y. Hilton, I've already seen what Hilton can do. I've had him in the building. He's already started to establish at least a basic chemistry with Dak Prescott. I'm giving T.Y. Hilton a two-year deal. I'm giving him a two-year deal because that at least gives you a, an out after one year if things don't go as, as planned. But his trajectory in such a short period of time with Dak Prescott – it's up there. That needle was pointed due north. So CeeDee Lamb is, is going to do CeeDee Lamb things. He's the definitive wide receiver one now in Dallas. Kudos to CeeDee Lamb for making that, that ascension. Michael Gallup, now instead of entering during the season to try to regain form after a major injury, he has all offseason to get healthy, get right, get in the backyard with Prescott, and get that timing back together, get himself back. So if you look at it from – have you of, been invited to the backyard? Before? I haven't been invited oh, okay. to the backyard before. Okay. Yeah, Dak, I like barbecue. Um, <laughs> CD Lamb, let's say a healthy Michael Gallup, T.Y. Hilton. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Huge question marks behind that. Is mm-hmm. Jalen Tolbert ready to take the next step? Um, that's a big question mark. Kamonte Turpin, he's going to take up a roster spot as a wide receiver, so you got to factor that in as well, like you said. Um, where is 
where is Dennis Houston in his development? Dennis Houston mm. was a, a training camp star. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as was Simi Fajoko. And I he's had to still double, here. Yeah, and I had to People forget about Dennis yeah, Houston, he, but he's still he's, around. And he's, he's on the practice guy. squad, and he's a dead he guy, and he signed guy. to a futures deal, so he's here. Simi Fajoko, uh, I had to double check because I wanted to make sure. But, yeah, he actually – his practice window was opened on January 19th. So, presumably, if he wasn't healthy then, he's, he's going to be now. fully healthy. If he, Yeah, he's likely healthy now. So, Simi Fajoko, another training camp star. He's going to push and challenge Jalen Tober. He's going to challenge Dennis Houston, so forth and so on. But at the end of the day, you still have a question about depth behind those top three guys, and you have to resolve that. And and in resolving that, you got to make sure that these guys are the right personnel because I can't stress it enough – Yak, yak, yak is going to be needed. You know CeeDee Lamb can do it. You know a healthy Michael Gallup can do it. Um, you know T.Y. Hilton can do it. He he showed you he has the wheels. Behind those guys, you don't know that Noah Brown is going to, going to uh, be retained. Noah Brown is a coaching favorite. He's a Dak Prescott favorite. He's a favorite in the building. And he's a strong special teams guy. But if you retain him, it's another wide receiver slot being taken up in a situation where how much – in 2023, is Noah going to be utilized as a receiver? And he's a vet, so his his number is going to be. Yeah, I don't know what it's. What so it's, it's, yeah. it'll be interesting how it all sets out because the organization loves Noah Brown, but um, schematically speaking, about the time in his career. Right, schematically people, speaking, yeah. he he's he didn't he started out the he's season a, on a, a on a Cedric Wilson. Trajectory, he's what he guy. did not end on that Cedric Wilson trajectory. Same way, so. same way Dennis Houston started out hot. He's yeah. a Dak guy. Yeah. And then when Dak wasn't there, what happened? Yeah, there you go. You know, so, I mean, it's, That's facts. It is what it is. You're saying Noah Brown had the connection with Cooper Rush. Yeah. That yeah. was what and that Dennis was. Houston yeah. had a connection with Dak. No, I agree. I think they'd love to keep Noah Brown, but again, it's a numbers game. How, much I how, many, wide receivers? how many wide receivers? It'll probably be just under two mil. It, just under For two. Who? For Noah. Noah. Oh, he was one he was one point yeah, yeah, yeah. two this year. It'll probably be like one point four, one point five, now, something that, like that. Fair enough. Mathematically speaking, that balances out with the fact that you have guys like Dennis Houston, Semi Fajoko, um, on rookie deals. Kevontae Turpin is technically still on a rookie deal. Maybe if you draft a guy. Right. Jalen Tolbert rookie deal, draft a guy, that's another mm-hmm. rookie deal. So the money kind of balances out there. But you're also gonna have to pay C D Lamb at some point down the line too. Uh, ASAP surely. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe now. That's what I mean. Like, conceptually. Yeah. Oh, man. There are a couple contracts that are on the horizon. CD, Trayvon, that negotiations are going to start now. Mm-hmm. And they're going to continue either until the deal gets done sooner or next year it's going to be blow up central. It'll be a big time thing. Because they've still got one year left on their rookie deals. But usually these contract negotiations start the year before. It so. will behoove the Cowboys to get either – Diggs or Lamb extended now because one of those both of those guys are worth the franchise tag next offseason but that's gonna be a hefty tag e- exactly so you know yeah you think, my you point think is you don't want to have do to that? choose between the two because I mean you also have the transition tag as a as a option as well but they're not gonna use that yeah, they're not gonna use guys. that yeah so it's franchise tag or extension and you just don't want to have to negotiate oh it's it's rich <laughs> it's rich. So a 2024 projected franchise tag would be 25 million for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. 25 million for one year for a wide receiver. Dun, for dun. a corner, it would be 21 and a half. Oh my God, yeah. that's a lot of dough. Extend now. Yeah, can we go ahead and get this done? That, get that to out my of point. Way? Extend now. My Lord, where's Diggs? All right, Dak, extend Diggs, extend CD. Lots of work for the front office. All right, when we come back on Talking Cowboys, we're going to wrap things up by talking about the number one priority for helping out Dak Prescott. If you could add one position group to help out Dak, one player to one position, who would it be? Oh, we can talk about that when we come back right Mm. after this on Talking Cowboys. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys as we welcome you back in to a Tuesday edition. Isaiah Stanback, Super Bowl champion. We've got Patrick Nosey Walker, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. It's Super Bowl week, guys. Mm. Who are we cheering for? NFC, duh. Stop it. I am. No, you're not. Put some respect on the NFC. Stop it. How about those Chiefs? I hear you. I get it. I get it from that perspective, but I also... Nah, give me the Chiefs. NFC East, I want them respect. Mm. The hell I do. I don't so care. It's, it's, so the this, hell I do. Check it out. This, I this, Patrick this, Mahomes check it out. This, is, this is my stance on it. Slap those guys around. This, and this has always been my stance as a competitor. If I don't take care of business and put myself in position to represent, my, and represent the conference... I want the conference to have respect. No. So like like I, I don't I don't have to like you. And you I don't have to like you, oh but I have to respect what you've done. I hear you. I see you. I, but I take that motion out of it. So I could dislike you to the to the nah, utmost power. No. Nah. But I still want the respect. So it's no different than like even in college. Even in college. College, I understand it because you're <gasps> trying to elevate your conference. For recruiting purposes. Look at the SEC. Dog, I'm over the, the recruiting SEC, if they're not coming to my school. Yeah, but that's the thing. You're you're trying to elevate your school because of Mississippi or because of Alabama and LSU and like all their success for football. Guess who's better? Mississippi, Mississippi State. I know all these other <laughs> about schools the mother that never I care about University of Washington. Yes. Everybody else kick rocks. Deion Sanders, you hear How that? How much could you they kick rocks? How does the Eagles winning elevate the Cowboys? I didn't, I didn't say it elevates the Cowboys. I said it puts some respect on the conference. Nobody and gives the it. hell with that. Okay. Okay, the way I am, and I I play mine both ways. I'm completely hashtag keep that energy. Kyle makes a fantastic point. If that's going to be your take, I could justifiably see why it would be your take from a collegiate standpoint, conference-wise. I get it. It nauseates me to consider doing it myself because – Go dogs! I want. I didn't no, even mention Georgia. Yeah, I want to put some put some respect on the name. Back My to back, <laughs> okay. Back to back. back to back. Fair. But that being said, I I don't ever want success for the the Bamas and the Floridas and the LSU's of the world and you know Missouri. I I just I don't. Now for those that say, oh, it's the SEC. Okay, pump up the conference if you like. I'm saying I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if. Georgia can't get into the playoff and get into the national championship, but you Bama's there. Whoever's playing Bama, that's who I want to win, period. Now, <laughs> translate that to the NFL. It, it's even more nauseating to consider mm. yep. that anyone would cheer for a conference or a division when you know what comes from your division rival winning the Super Bowl, the the sugar honey blank blank show mm-hmm. that you then have to deal with <laughs> for the foreseeable future from the fan base and the media analysts in that particular t- I do yeah 
I want nothing but the worst for the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) Nothing but the worst for the Washington Commanders. And I actually have, of the three teams in the NFC East, there's only one team I have respect for, and that's the New York Giants. And even with that being said, as a franchise, as an organization, I have a lot of respect for that. They do a good job. That said, I want nothing but the the worst for them as well. Mm -hmm. If it's not the (laughs) Cowboys in a title game, I hear you. But go AFC. They had a chance. Okay, fair enough. They did have a chance. And I'm not saying because the Cowboys blew their chance that, oh, well, let's just All right, look go at Philly. Yeah, yeah. Never. No. You won't even hear me say that. I know. I hey, said it, and we're, I we're just all, immediately it, it started, awful, started to like throw up a little bit in my mouth. Different. We all have our own opinions. If I if I was running no track way. and I and I lose to somebody in in my in my conference, I want my other guy to go get no, it. No, bro. I no, mean, not I even. I, we're all different competitors. Not even. Different different okay, so now you're talking. You're back on collegiate level. I'm right? just talking about just in general. I mean, even in, in the NFL, the representative. Like I, that's just me. That's just me. You did better than me. It, that's just facts. You did better you than did. me, okay? And you represent our side, so, West so side. It doesn't so, mean I wait, want so them you're to less, do better so than you're that. Less, so you're less of my enemy because, I do. I want, because you I, did better I, than I me? I personally want them to go win that thing so that we can smack them up twice next year and say we beat the Super Bowl champions twice. Oh, I don't care no. about that. I hey, now, that I don't care, care less. I do. No. I do. No. Not at all. I 150%. This is a psychological conversation I I did not expect to have. I want the Kansas City Chiefs to not only defeat the Philadelphia Eagles, I want them to figure out a way to embarrass the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, you want a Georgia TCU game? I want a Georgia TCU Mm. game. That's what I want. I want it to be unequivocal Uh that the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles were— Do you think that's going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen because okay. I. The, okay, what do you honestly think is going to happen? What I, do you think is going to happen? Give me your give me your score and give me your prediction. Chiefs win. Mm. Thirty four. Twenty four. Okay, thirty four. Chiefs 24. win thirty four. What is yours? I don't have a score. No, give me a score. I don't have a score. I'm asking for a score. I have a uh, prediction in terms of who's going to win. I think Philadelphia is going to win. Because okay. you want Philadelphia. It's not that. It's not, What's I the think score? Philadelphia is a— You a, just said you want them to win because you want them to represent the I'm NFC. Saying, I'm saying I want them to— I want them to represent— Yeah, absolutely. I, from that particular— I'm not a fan. So No, I'm talking yeah. about— I'm saying you want them to win because yeah, of your I argument about the NFC. I think the they're NFC. the better team. I think they're the better team. Man. I think they've been the best team. I've talked about that all year long, though. That's not. That's no. not. That's not new. No. Yeah. yeah. I've said that all year you've, long. You've, they made the moves in this offseason to put themselves in this position. I'm. St- I'm still stuck on you. And then they kept making the moves during Wanting the year. Wanting the NFC and it's, NFC hey, East listen, to win if the I Cowboys. I didn't know that, man. I don't get tired. Of it. Oh, I'm tied in it. I, I don't care. Are. I know you're right. I, I, I don't, I'm not. Y'all know I'm. A, I'm a fan. <laughs> if I had to of pick one city, okay, I I, I have a high regard for everybody else. Dallas had their chance. Okay, I would love okay. to be cheering for nobody's, Dallas right now. Nobody's if disagreeing with that. If it's not Seattle and it's not Dallas, I really don't give a dog on. But I think Philly's a better team. And if I if I had to choose between the AFC and the NFC, I want the NFC to win it. Hey, Frank Clark, you hear this? You hear so this? here's here's my thing. <laughs> regardless, right. regardless if we're talking about Chris the Jones, Rams, are you listening? Or we're talking about the Eagles? Chris Jones, like, I want the listening? NFC to win it. Scenario: You went to Washington, correct? You're a Husky for life. Yes, sir. You bleed purple and gold. Absolutely. If Washington State. Mm-hmm. Your main Absolutely. number one rival yep. was in the college football playoff national championship. There is no, no I promise way. You. I promise no. That's me. There is no, no way. Me. If I had a chance and I blew my chance, now guess what? I don't have a right to now be sitting up here sobbing and hating on everybody else. The hell you don't. I, I, that's, no not in me. that's not in me. No, that's not in me. I this, promise you. This is comparable. This conversation is comparable to when uh, Georgia lost to Bama in the SEC championship and then Bama went on to the title game. Yeah. Georgia lost to LSU okay. in the SEC championship. LSU went on to the title game. Okay. And in both of those occurrences, people would look at me and say, well, are you cheering for those guys because it's SEC? you got to pull for SEC. The hell I do. I want whoever is going against those guys okay. that beat Let's me. Give you a perfect example. Okay, so – I'm, I, I hate Oregon and I hate I hate Washington State. Okay. Hate them. Yeah. Same way y'all hate Philly and all that. I hate Oregon. I don't know. I, I no, 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 no. When I see uh, when I see that little freaking duck, oh I want to get my dog a Nintendo gun out. Okay. Yeah. So like I just it just gets me there. We were at the at the game at the hotel. Okay, walking around down there at the, at the Riverwalk. Okay, getting ready. The next day was going to be the game Washington versus Texas for the bowl game this year. Okay. Walking past the bar downstairs, I saw the Oregon game. The Oregon game came down to the wire. 
Okay, I don't know if you guys remember that this year. Okay, Oregon game came I stopped and watched and cheered on Oregon. I think we talked about that. I stopped and watched and cheered on Oregon. Why? Because I don't give a crap about Oregon, but they're playing somebody outside our conference. Hey, I can't stand that. So, Are you sure? And my brother went there. So, listen, I started cheering for You know why? <laughs> I want them to win. I want them to win. <laughs> yeah, go Oregon. No, I hate no. Oregon. I hate Oregon. I hate that would be I go Ducks. Them. That would be like me saying blank hey, Todd. I, I I don't have <laughs> listen. So listen, listen. Everybody's no, entitled. Man. I just don't have hate in my in my system. Dallas had when a it comes to sports. Dallas, listen, I absolutely if I have, have hate in my system when it comes opponent, to sports. Then it's one thing. But Dallas lost that opportunity. So that means that means that my hate for this for my sports rival suddenly lessens because for me, I for blew me. my opportunity? For me, yes. Absolutely. No, that, no, what should happen is I should look in the mirror and, and check myself for the next time. But while I'm doing that, I am also looking at my opponent, my bitter rival, and saying, I hope the planet collapses <laughs> on top of it. I don't have that in me. That's what I hope. I don't we're, have that in me. We're talking sports, though. We're not talking, yeah. we're not talking real life, because that's the difference. No, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, different. Saying, I'm saying, even in sports, I don't, I don't have yeah. that in me. Like, if I have my shot oh, I and I miss my oh, shot, man, that's listen. on me. No. That's on me. The, the competitor in me, I no way. On no sports level in no sports category. I don't care. Now, listen, base. if they were facing a, another oh, now, if no. it was NFC championship, no, 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 this is this is a different scenario. Oh, no. If it's the NFC Championship, yeah, I hate that. And it's and it's the Eagles. How could you hate a duck that does push-ups? <laughs> hey, <laughs> tell him put on some pants. No, seriously. So, so, if you're talking about a rival, <laughs> put on some if, pants. If you're talking about a rival, and you're talking about like so the Eagles, right? We're talking about the Eagles. If the Eagles are facing another Green Bay in the NFC Championship. I'm gonna cheer for Green Bay, bro. Okay, Phillies. You know Phillies but listen, like, Phillies beat my Braves fair and square, and I gave the Phillies respect for that. Publicly, I gave him respect for that. But did I cheer for the Phillies against no. the Padres? Absolutely not. It was go Padres. That's how this works yeah, in this household. Yeah. And, and that was not to take away from the Phillies going, and this is different because the Eagles and the Cowboys didn't go head-to-head to determine yeah. who Correct. moves forward. Correct. Phillies and Braves went head-to-head to determine who went forward yeah. in the wild card, and yeah. Phillies beat them straight up. Nothing away from the Phillies. I'm taking nothing away. Yeah. But in that next series, when they went against the Padres, I was I damn near had on a Padres jersey. Get, <laughs> I think he was these looking guys. at it online. Yeah, yeah. get these guys these guys out of here. I hear you. That, that's what, Everybody, and, hey, everybody's doing. Yeah. Dude, you are in the minority that's right okay. now. I Usually guarantee you. <laughs> I've been there my whole life, Kyle. <laughs> ladies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, respond on Twitter to this conversation. I've been in minority respond my whole life. <laughs> Kyle's going to drop a Twitter poll. I just you need feel to chill. Coming. You got to chill. <laughs> that's not okay. I was the, the 1%, Kyle. <laughs> but here's what I feel You're coming. probably in the 1%. I feel like Kyle's going to drop a Twitter poll today, and this is just going to go. And that's okay. Oh, people are going to okay get mad at me for even asking the question. Kyle, you guys know no, I, no, you have to. I'm used to being on my own island. I'm perfectly fine with that. That's just oh. my mentality. Well, okay. And same. Clearly. Fierce competitor. Clearly I'm, fierce a, competitor. I'm, 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 a, I'm a fierce competitor now. Clearly, don't, don't I've try always me. been the black but like, but that once, means, I'm out the, once I'm out the picture, I have no hate. No. I have no hate. I could be out of the picture and still hanging in the living room I could dislike you, but if you're the only one standing left from our side, Nah, I no. want you to win. No, no that's just no. me. I'm out on that one. No. Uh, I didn't get no. my prediction. Chiefs win it 20, 27, 21. Is that your heart saying that, or is that your? No, my heart says Chiefs forty to three. Okay, but yeah, the <laughs> yeah. I'll say 27, 20. Why do you think the Chiefs are going to win? I like honestly. I I think I think they defensive line wise, first and foremost. Yeah, they have the edge front guys. Seven is nasty. Who? Both teams, Are you serious? but I would give who's better front Dude, Chris seven. No, Jones no, no, you're asking me why I feel like that team. No, no, Chris Jones, Frank, who's like, deeper? Yeah. Who's deeper on the D line? Your question is why do we feel like no, the Chiefs are going to win? I'm asking. The reason that also give the, me Patrick the, Mahomes over Jalen Hurts every, every day. day. I agree. Give me Patrick totally Mahomes agree. over every other quarterback. Yeah, anybody, yeah. Every every quarterback, I and I do mean every. So that's one. So that's the that's the advantage there, quarterback versus quarterback. But also one of the reasons the Eagles continue to thrive offensively is because Jalen Hurts or when Jalen Hurts is able to speed the edge and burn the edge. Okay, well Chris Jones, Frank Clark, yeah. Yeah, that that's a mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like which, that's but, a deadline. But which D line is better? Honestly. It's really tight. It's not that tight. It is not that tight. Slight edge to the Eagles you, only because their interior Chiefs defensive film, line is slightly Absolutely. better. I watched the Chiefs. When? The Eagles' got, interior defensive line is slightly better. So slight edge. What are you talking about? 51-49? Eagles? Fair enough. But as far as the edges go, 51-49 Chiefs. As far as the edges go, are you, are you telling me you take a sweat over Clark or sweat over Jones? Or I mean, think about it for a second. 
So I I'm think I think in, it's in its entirety. That's about the in the defense. The front line seven for Philadelphia it's, Eagles it's a, it's is probably it's better. You damn right. They have two but starting it's D lines. Almost a wash though. They it's literally have two starting D lines. It's almost now, a wash. one from like 2015, and then the other one that's 2022. It worked well against us. Here's, here's the first time. <laughs> I I believe that if, guys if next you, time if you can keep they really weren't though if you can keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket, you increase your chances of winning significantly. However, flip it over to the Eagles defensive line. If you can keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. Does that significantly increase your t- – no, he can make every single yeah, freaking yeah. throw, including the throws he's not supposed to make I think, from inside the pocket. I think this D-line is going to give – I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think it's going to be a good game, but too. But yeah. I think that Philadelphia is just is too deep at that position mm-hmm. to cause those guys – and they don't have a running game. They're not going to be able to have a running game against them. So he's going to be throwing the ball 47 times. Who, Patrick Holmes? Patrick Holmes. Oh, Clyde you, Edwards. You, 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 re, you realize, yeah, you realize, still still you realize they like that, right? I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> Making but the Chiefs one-dimensional as a passing offense is kind of playing into their hands. Philadelphia has the guys to guard their their their, 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 their um, receivers as well. They have two guys. That's all they need. No, you're going to need more. Isaiah's already got his, Patrick, chi- his Patrick Chiefs Mahomes reds on. can make wide receiver three and four and five look like wide receiver one and two. some issues. I'm, I don't think so. Look at my score prediction. I said 34-24. That's not indicative. I don't have a score of, prediction. I wish I can give you. Yeah, that's one. not indicative of me saying that. I wish you could give me Eagles one too. Get I thumped, but I do believe that the that Patrick Mahomes just throwing one out. There. Mahomes is a dude. Listen, and you get no argument from listen, me on this. He's a freaking dude. But I just think that I think he's going to have some problems. Bottom line, let me bottom line this for you. On top yeah. of everything we said, Andy Reid greater than greater than greater than mm, greater than Nick Sirianni. I agree with that too. I agree. There you go. I agree with that too. All right. We didn't even get to the Dak Prescott conversation <laughs> that I teased. We'll do that next week, Tuesday. We'll have because a whole Isaiah topic some about Tom it. Tomfoolery. Some yeah, I did, did not realize that this Super Bowl segment would just go off the rails so quickly. But uh, it was a fun one, it at was least. Fun. Yeah. It was fun. It was go good. Ducks. Yeah. Oregon. That. Get out of here. You cheer for them you if they're in the title them. game. Yeah. You know? if I would. I would. Come on. If they were, no, I would stop it. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. No. Marcus Mariota up, up I, against I Ohio would. State. I, were you cheering I for would. him? Were you? They cheer were in for Oregon? Yes. Yeah. Did you cheer for Oregon yes. a couple yes. years ago? Anytime anybody represented from a conference? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the day I want Nick Saban to win another ring. <laughs> I just don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I just don't have hate for, for yeah. other people. I just well, that, we're, not talking, we're not talking about people. We're talking, <laughs> talking about sports. sports. Yeah. But, what, but when I'm out of Uniforms. But when I'm out of it, my hate my hate is just, I mean, it's just, yeah. Okay. Mine is eternal. <laughs> Sweet. Mine is eternal. That's, that's the yeah, title my, of the show. All right. Eternal. That's it for us. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey Walker, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you next Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central Time, with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!